Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work and in your community. I really wanted to to bring a topic to the table today. I think at the start of the year, and we're getting back on the routine parenting journey. And I think something that I was reading about quite a bit in the holidays, and then I was really lucky to go to a school this week and, and give a talk on it as well, was the idea that for many parents at the moment, and, and I don't say this without care, and there's no judgment, as always in my voice, but for a lot of parents at the moment who are feeling overwhelmed and anxious themselves, and guilty in parenting, feeling overwhelmed in particular by the fact that we live in this constantly changing world and there's so many unpredictable factors out there. We're constantly bombarded with messages around scarcity and there's not going to be enough. And you looking at your child thinking, I've only got 18 summers to prepare you for this world that I don't know how it's going to look. Goodness, you're just like full with this anxiety. But I think that's translating into a very specific kind of parenting at the moment, a kind of parenting that I think we need to be cautious of. And I think we need to be step back from and reflect on a little bit, because I actually think it's a kind of parenting that's causing a lot of anxiety in children. So, I mean, how do you get around not putting your narrative onto your child? So I think, first of all, we need to be honest and open with ourselves that this is where I'm at. These are the thoughts that are filling my headspace at the moment, and they're bringing up this set of feelings for me. So I'm not sitting here saying that the world is simple and straightforward. There's no doubt. Uh, We're living in an era where we've never seen change like this before. So change has always been part of the human story. The Iron Age, the Stone Age became a Bronze Age, which became an Iron Age, and and so we've, we've gone along. It's a big part of the human story, change. But the kind of change that we're seeing at the moment because of technology and globalization is just happening at such a rapid rate. And so, sure, it's creating an environment which is very fast-paced, very transient, and it's hard to grab onto something to hold on to as a parent. And so I think that is bringing up a lot of anxiety. So I'm not sitting here saying parents are overreacting or, or being silly. It's tough out there. But we need to to be careful with the thoughts that we are holding onto and running away with and becoming preoccupied with and the kinds of feelings those thoughts are bringing up for us. And most importantly, what are we choosing to do with those feelings as parents? Because I think for a lot of us, we're just kind of running with it, unconscious, unintentional with these thoughts and these feelings, and it is becoming our children's narratives. So those conversations that we're having with other adults in front of our kids, okay, about mm. crime statistics oh, no, and the please. end of the world. Don't okay? do it. Yeah. Those kind of narratives uh, that we're putting on our children directly when we're saying things like, be careful of this and don't do this and you must do this. And if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. So you can even hear in the tone of my voice how it's full with anxiety. And, and there's your, your eight-year-old looking up at you and they don't know know what's going on, but they're starting to pick up. They're starting to sense your your panic, and and so it becomes theirs. So I think it happens in those ways. And the first step in in responding to that is just becoming more conscious of how this exists for me and and how it's playing out. As always, us as parents, we do everything 
with the best intention. Sure. Okay. I find my, like, I get quite stressed in the evenings because it's at the end of the day. I'm trying to check three kids' homework books. I'm trying to get dinner sorted and read and brush teeth and get everyone settled. But I feel like sometimes I get so carried away by the routine of it that I miss moments. Mm. And I never really know when it's okay to throw the routine and just, you want to throw a piece of rope over that tree and you want to swing from the one part of the garden to the other, kicking soil all over your freshly bathed bodice. <laughs> <laughs> I have to dig so deep. Yeah. Because I don't want to be that mother that's always the grouchy mom. I feel yeah. like, is that my role to always be the voice of reason and don't do that because of that? And oh, it, it, let me tell you how exhausting it is. Yeah. So I'm going to be... A real psychologist, I suppose, for a moment. So I'm going to take us on a, a roundabout journey, uh, and hopefully I can come to something other than find the balance. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Um, I think what I'm seeing a lot uh, with, with parents at the moment is because in response to their anxiety, their first instinct is to want to take full control. Right. Get okay? that. Yes. So it's the parent who walks into the parenting section of exclusive books, okay, uh, or any wonderful bookstore. And there's so many gorgeous books on parenting, but it's hard not to feel overwhelmed by, my gosh, does that mean I have to do all of this stuff mm. for my child to be okay? And I think a lot of us through social media, uh, all the stuff we, we're reading all the time, start to, to develop this sense that there's a lot that I've got to do. So if there's a lot I've got to do, we've got to get down to business. And I often say, well, helicopter parents were one thing. You know, they, they kind of hovered around their children and, and followed their children wherever they went. We're starting to see a kind of parents at the moment, which is more similar to a steamroller. So it's kind of like, I'm going to take my child and I'm going to put them on my back and I've got to get them from zero to 18. And we've got to do a whole lot of stuff. And I mean business. Mm, okay? Roll up your sleeves, everybody. Here we go. Yeah, I get right? that. I get that feeling. We've got to tick all sorts of boxes. We've got to get through this and there's no messing about and I'm going to determine what that pathway looks like because that's my job and I know what's best. And in the process of doing that, as right as it feels, because we're trying to fight against a world that's so scary and we've got to do all this stuff, as right as it seems, we actually have to do the counterintuitive in this moment. Whereas we've got to get our kids off our back and we've got to let them walk beside us for a while. And as they get older, we've got to let them walk a little bit in front of us. And as they get even older, we've got to let them walk three or four steps in front of us, determining their own path, uh, making their own mistakes, sometimes not doing everything they're supposed to do, sometimes not getting all the best grades or making all the best teams. Because in that process, we're giving them the opportunity to learn a whole bunch of skills and stuff about themselves and the world which is going to be far more useful for them when they enter that constantly changing world than having done all this stuff and ticked a whole bunch of boxes and most damaging being protected from those experiences, being protected from being accountable, being protected from sometimes failing and having to learn to, to get back up and try harder. And I think for a lot of parents listening, it'll be that feeling of like, that's a lot of control to let go of. And you're asking me to trust my eight-year-old with their future? That feels scary, right? Well, on Weekend Breakfast, one of the topics was talking about kind of releasing control 
because when your child wants to go on a school excursion and you signing an indemnity form, it's so it go the inside of a mother is screaming. Mm-hmm. This is not the way it's meant to be. Yeah. Putting my precious human onto a bus, hoping for their safety, hoping when they get there they make good choices. It, it just, it's a lot. No one prepared me for this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel unprepared it's a lot hard. of my parenting journey. Yeah. And so I think the way that we sometimes see this playing out, often in unkind ways, is because parents are wanting to hold on so tight and wanting to predetermine and navigate this journey for their children, on top of which they're carrying this narrative that everything has to be perfect and everything has to be right and success at any cost, okay, is we start to then become unkind to the people around us, whether that's other parents, whether that's teachers, okay, whether that's their grandparents who are chipping in from the side every now and then, because we, we, we become so rigid and inflexible and so hell-bent, I suppose. And that in itself is not useful. And we're role modeling something damaging to our children because we have to role model to our children that in some moments you have to be vulnerable and you have to take a chance and you have to trust other people or ask for help from other people. And you have to let go a little bit sometimes and be open to the, to rolling the dice on this one, that it could go exceptionally well for me, this new thing that I'm trying, or it might not go well at all. And that's okay. So remember... I don't know, we spoke, we speak a million times a day. It was one of the phone calls and I just picked up the kids and I wasn't in a good space. I was very ratty and I was kind of unhinged. Mm -hmm. And what had happened was, it was really, really hot going into the school term. The kids said they had a headache during the day. I said, you're drinking enough water. And they said, yeah, but it's not that cold. And I thought, okay, I know what I can do. I can go and get those special bottles that I saw because I saw those special bottles that will be the right size. And if I pack it with ice and put in the fridge the night before and I had this whole master plan set out. So... In the morning when the kids were leaving for school, the boys, I said, I'll fetch you earlier today. Okay. Um, cool. And that's all I said. And during the day and the hot humidity of drenched clothing, feeling like I've got prickles all over my face, makes me a grumpy person at the best of times, the humidity. I get into the shopping center. I source the bottles. I find one that's got a bear on it for bear. And I find one that's got one that that one would like and then that one would like and the right colors and the lid needs to match. And I'm putting so much effort into it and I'm paying for them and I've got them and I'm so delighted. Then I remember that Mr. T doesn't have whiskey. So I must go to the bottle store and I must get Mr. T his whiskey too. I get the whiskey and I get to school and it's hot. And I see my kid and he stands at the top of the stairs and he bursts into tears and he says, you are such a liar. And my first port of call is just I shut down because I have been missioning Mm -hmm. so hard. And that's why you're late. And that's why I'm late. And Mm -hmm. now you're telling me that I've lied to you and that I'm a liar. And he was inconsolable. And I wasn't able to access that soft part of me because I was up against it, which I felt. Mm -hmm. And then I was trying to like console him. And then one of the kids spiced and said, oh, I can't believe you're crying over that. So I tuned that kid. And all of a sudden, I felt kind of out of control in my parenting. And then a teacher came over and said, oh, your child was so kind in the class. I couldn't even acknowledge that moment because I was shutting down. And I carried it with me like a hard, like rock in my heart. And it was only the following morning that I woke up without an alarm clock at 4 a.m. with my eyes bing, awake with this terrible... I didn't put feelings first. 
I didn't put feelings first. I was so homesick in myself. I wanted to go and wake him up. Mm. And I had to wait another two hours or whatever it was. And when he woke up, he came through and I said, I need to talk to you. And he said, what's up? And I said, I'm really sorry the way I parented you yesterday. He said, why? I said, because I should have put feelings first. I should have actually got down onto my knees and looked you in the eyes and said, I'm so sorry that you felt like I lied to you. But I might have been a bit late, but this is why. And I didn't. Mm. I took it as a persecution. Mm. <laughs> and, I can't, and I can't help but feel as you're talking, the narrative or the thought process or the belief behind all of this is very performance and outcome driven. That if I do certain things, if they have the right juice bottle, okay, then we're doing okay. Hmm. Something tangible. Something tangible. <laughs> yes. Okay. So if we've got the 10 out of 10 on the test or we made that team, okay, or you had this thing, then we're on the right path, that steamrolling path, and we're going to get you to that point and everything's going to be fine. And in that kind of thinking, those kind of moments get missed. Whereas actually, sometimes it's not about the achievement or the thing that we're holding on to or the outcome as much as learning from this moment together and connecting on this moment together. And if we're strapping our kids on our back, we're going to miss a whole bunch of those kinds of moments and really, really valuable information about who our children are and what their pathway needs to be in their life and what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And the fact that six out of 10 on that math test is excellent for you. Sidebar, that 6 out of 10 on your math test in Standard 4 is not going to determine <laughs> the rest of your life. Neither is my trick. Okay. So <laughs> like... I'm, I'm holding on to it so tight because it's also outcome-driven. I've got to tick these boxes. And that's what I meant. I suppose I want to elaborate on that analogy of get your child next to you. Okay. Walk hand in hand. Look eye in eye. Let's figure this out together and, and have those moments where I get to know you. And also, really importantly, you get to know me. Because I'm such a firm believer that as a parent, you're the greatest gift you can give your child. And by investing time and words and values and wisdom and stories into your children's life, you are giving them the skills that they will need to make it in a constantly changing world, which we know are skills like human skills, people skills, empathy, embracing diversity, Innovation and curiosity, adaptability, resilience, conflict management. They're not going to learn that by chasing all these tangible outcomes necessarily. They're going to learn a lot of that through real life experiences with you and real life experiences of sometimes winning and sometimes not winning. Mm. So when they forget the tennis racket, mm. you're not going by to drop it off. Or they tell you about that school project at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. It's not going to happen. You're going to go tomorrow and you're going to go through that experience. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough, but you're going to learn something from it. And that's going to stand you in far better stead than me just quickly staying up all night and doing this project with you. I get all of that and I appreciate all of that. But it's one thing to listen to it from a place of calm clarity as opposed to being in the grips of it. Mm. And I think it may be easier with one child to navigate, maybe a little harder with two, but with three children, I feel like I constantly, it's like, okay, it's, it's pick up time. Now I've got all three of my kids in front of me. How was your day? 
How was your day? How was your day? Halat, halat, halat. Lolat, lolat, lolat. I, I feel like it's so fleeting, all these moments of trying to really lean in to the narrative. But what's, and, So it feels like a checklist. I hear where you're coming from. It feels like I'm ticking boxes. And is that good? But the questions that you're asking, those are the right questions. So how was your day? Highlight, low light. Is there something we need to talk about? Because we're juggling a lot here. Well, that's exactly how it is. It's a checklist. But it's far better than the checklist that sent something like, how did the math test go? How was the audition for that? Did you make it into this? So there's a a huge difference between, although both of them are checklists, and and we need those in our lives when you're juggling a lot, but it's the content of that checklist that I think we need to be conscious of. Because when we are so anxious and fear-driven, that checklist is is so often outcomes-based. So Mm. how did that go? Well, it's funny. I mean, I think also because having two remedial children out of my three, so I've got a mainstreamer who is excelling at everything. And then the other two, I'm kind of like, did you have a happy day? Mm, Great. It's as simple as did you have a happy day? And when the reply comes back, I felt like I didn't keep up. And then you open the book and the handwriting looks exhausted. It is so hard not for that anxiety to pull my eyes and grab me by the side of my throat. Catch it. Look at my eyes. Yeah, catch it. (laughs) It's a real feeling to have. So I'm by no means sitting here saying that as a parent you shouldn't be anxious. Mm. It's going to happen. Look at these eyes. I can't even control them. That's real. It's It's real. Okay. So I'm by no means sitting here saying anxiety is the wrong feeling or you silly to have it. It's going to come up on this journey. It's inevitable. Every day. Every day. (laughs) So it's about finding space for you to process some of that stuff for you, okay, and being able to hold it in that moment of we need to get through this homework right now without me taking all my anxiety and putting it on you and making this 10 times worse or prioritizing that getting everything right in this homework is the win as opposed to getting through this and trying our best. That's far more important. Mm. Conversation with the child Because I've got a friend whose child If this particular child doesn't get 100 out of 100 He is depressed He is mortified mm. So it's not even coming from the parents yep. They're like we don't know where this came from We don't put the pressure on you To get 100 out of 100 We're happy when you show up yep. And so every child is going to be different That's par for the course uh, And I think as kids become older And we're seeing this in teenage kids at the moment Their exposure the world that they are becoming very, very aware of themselves, which is filled with these messages of scarcity, global warming. That's a huge thing for teens at the moment. The fact that we're going into this world that might melt in front of our eyes is a very, very real concern. So so teens are not only picking up that anxiety from their parents per se, but also through their own exposure. And we need to be able to have conversations with them that we can balance that out for them. I want to go back though, to when you were talking about should I let the children go out and then just, you know, have a good swing and get covered in mud and we'll get into bed like that. I think as much as I'm saying that we we need to be careful of uh, letting our anxiety get the better of us, where we put too much pressure, where we kind of like rules Rodney around everything, don't forget it's the golden rule. Consistency is always the win. So within, we've got to find that balance. Here I go. I knew I'd come to that at <laughs> some stage. It's finding that balance between not holding on so tight that I have to be the driver and you're on my back and off we go. 
but also creating an environment where I have high expectations for you as my child. I will never drop those expectations, but those high expectations are defined by what is good and meaningful for you in your life, not by me or the world or, or my friend down the road or my Facebook friend, okay, and what her kids are getting up to. So I have high expectations for you. I then create an environment which is consistent and predictable. Children love consistency and predictability, and that feels safe and nurturing. But I, I can enforce, okay, yo, that's a heavy word. I can create an environment which is consistent without it having to be anxiety-driven. can still be light and relaxed and realistic. We've got a lot to get through tonight. There's three of you. So this is how we do it around here. But the tone of it, as far as possible, my God, I'm not sitting here thinking like it's always going to be right. P.S. <laughs> Pass are, the wine! P.S. There are going to be days... <laughs> There are going to be days where it falls apart, and that is how life is. And that's real and important for our kids to see as well. You know those days where you, you're clapping out the syllables? Do you understand me? <laughs> and that's not a smack. That's your hand against the bathroom door, whatever yeah. that is. But it gets like that. So going back to the swing, they ended up swinging. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I was on the side of the sandy pit getting flicked with stones and sand. And then they jump off and jump on my feet and leave muddy paw prints all over my body. Okay, my humanness. Okay. <laughs> and, of course, they jumped into the bath and they washed their hands and their feet and their faces. Yeah. And they got into bed. Yeah. Of course, they said, Mom, you come and swing on the rope. We'll give you all our pocket money. I'm like, not, bro. That's where I draw the line. I'm not climbing on that tiny piece of rope and swinging across the garden. <laughs> For all the pocket money in the world. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. But another one is on Thursdays, the boys go to Cubs. It only starts at half past five, which means they only get home at half past seven. And it was all joy. And they came home last Thursday. The first one, they had war paint on. They had black clothes from making rafts and doing all that stuff. They sang a song. They were enthused. But at um, quarter to eight, when they're still sitting at the table having requested some of my toast, I am so anxious, I'm hardly speaking English. Because all I can think of is the alarm clock going off at half past five tomorrow morning, and then you're going to be tired at school, and then you're going to have a bad day, and I'm mapping out the next day. And that anxiety and that moment and that evening, I say to Mark, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Here's the baton. Yeah. It's over to you, mate. Fine parenting. Okay, there have got to be moments where we are also asking for help and we have to role model that in front of our kids. So I'm having a tough time. I'm handing over, not because I don't love you, but because this is where I'm at. Mm. Okay, nothing wrong with that. And I think this is where consistency is also so valuable to parents. So we're talking about that balance between not holding on too tight where I have to predetermine everything, but also not suddenly becoming overly relaxed and nothing matters anymore. So that consistency, so having a sense of how an average day looks in our family of what needs to get done and what's okay and what's not okay is safe and wonderful for your children, but it's also wonderful for the adults in the room as well because we know that that's, that's a good template of how we're going to get through this. So consistency is good for the adults as well. But there can be moments within that where we, it sounds like I'm trying to, to hold on too tight here, but... Maybe on a Thursday night, we know that's a special night in the week where Cubs does finish later, and that's when we have dinner a bit earlier that night, or we all treat ourselves and stay up an extra half an hour that night. And so we build it into our expectation of, of mm. how things are around here, and then it becomes a regular feature. And then in terms of those spontaneous moments, my goodness, they have to happen. 
on the parenting journey as well. So there have to be some moments where we think to ourselves, you know, we've done really well this week. Everyone is kind of in a nice routine and things are happening. And so, yeah, let's have a bit of fun. Let's mix it up a little bit. But it can't be all the time. It can't be every night because that's too all over the show. Tough. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Listen, we love hanging out with you. It's one of our greatest joys. If you would like to get Paul and I to a school, your school, we are now doing the Kindness Can Tour, coming to a school hall near you. So if you'd like Paul and I to come and chat and address the mums all the way across the school, so from grade R all the way through to whenever, no age limit, uh, you can contact us by dropping us an email at info at kindnesscan.co.za. Yeah, I just want to say you're doing so much better than you give yourself credit for. It's the most wonderfully tough job in the world. So just keep reminding yourself of that. You're doing so much better than you so often give yourself credit for. Lots of love until we connect again. Bye. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.